All right, the opinions and views shared here on Ask the Rotor Turns are strictly the opinions of the host and do not reflect the professional capabilities of the Rescue Company One, Southeastern Medical Academy, and the amazing Dr. Benjamin Abel. In fact, they are just our opinions and they're not the professional opinions of the doctor. Please follow your local protocols. Don't veer from your local protocols unless our opinion is in your local protocols. And then the other night, um, I, uh, oh, go, oh and go, go. And that's the second time I've had a gun in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, welcome back. Day two, New Orleans. Hell yeah. Yes. Big Easy got a couple people no last night. I mean, <laughs> I, <kinda. laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of might have had a couple. You had a few. And you know what's funny is you were like, we're just going to have one. Yeah. <laughs> but I was on a mission he, he last night. What he was your mission one. last night, Jason? I was on a mission. After the other. Yeah, I was on a mission. So we, we, I made sure to bring out the shots. We had the game. We got to tell yeah. a joke. Yeah. Nobody laughed. So nobody really did a shots. So I had to just start. I mean, I was laughing and drinking. Yeah. The whole time. And and let's face it. Trish was drinking the whole time. Too. She was. She was. So, you know, but went to class today. At least one. <laughs> For we sure. Actually, we actually went through a, a few classes today. Um, and we've been talking about it all day. So I said, hey, you know what? Let's record some of this stuff. Uh, some new things. Some old things. Some things that could be done better. Um, but the first thing, we walked in today into the uh, Dr. Antebi kind of going through some of these. Uh, what did he call it, uh, Corey? Uh, five protocol changes, I think, that need to be made or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Pull that yeah. mic over to you. Yeah. Or, or move your head. So, so like, uh, we walked in. He was, I think he was, like, on protocol number two or something when we walked in there. But the coolest thing is there's a few protocols that like Joe right away he goes, Oh, you better say ketamine next. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, uh status epilepticus. I think you can use whatever the fuck you want on it, right? But by the st- if you're repeating a second dose of a benzo and it hasn't worked, one of the things that has proven there's there's literature, data, patient uh, patient outcomes out there that basically uh, ketamine is the drug of choice for this. Hundred percent. Yep. Status yep. epilepticus. What do you know? What dosage there? Um, I didn't miss that part. I don't know if he mentioned it's today. Wild. Yeah. Uh, but I believe they do a hundred milligrams in a small bag. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it's fifty or a hundred, and they run it wide open. Kind of like similar to what you guys do where you're where you're at. Mm-hmm. Is you, are you guys using 100 milligrams in a bag or are you using less than that? Uh, we're not using it for the seizure. But you're using it for, for sedation? Uh, pain control. Pain control. In the bag. Gotcha. Right? So we're doing 50 milligrams in a 50 bag with a micro drip and you just kind of let it run. Okay. You know, titrate it. You can open or slow yeah. it down as needed. Yeah. But it, it's it, phenomenal. It works great. Uh, very few unwanted side effects yeah. that you get when you IV push it because too fast too slow sometimes too slow yeah they don't dilute it not enough depends on what you're doing it can me i think it's got so many damn uses man for sure so many uses but last night we brought up um this uh netflix show on uh this little girl had a weird disease treated with ketamine 
big deal. We got to get Joe to watch this thing. Yes. Uh, uh, but it, it, it's got so many uses. It does. It does. It, and it's really a pretty benign, I guess, in a sense. You know, every drug's got a side effect, but mm-hmm. really a lot of the bad shit we would look after, we, we really don't get that. Let me ask you this. Why, if it's if there are so many uses, would, let's say, a department have only one use for it and make you, like, only use it for one thing? I, I can't answer that, man. Because I would, it, I would so much rather use it for additional things. But it, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's got to be fear or just no poor knowledge of it. You know, ketamine for a while last year was getting a lot of bad press there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, yeah. so so like I think that that's where some of these docs are using it. I mean, shit, it got so much bad press that it changed the name of Excited Delirium. Yeah. Did you notice that too? Yep. We, we didn't talk about that uh, on the last recording, but. They what are they calling it? Uh, uh, psychosis. With it's it's got a long name. I wrote it. I wrote yeah. it as a note somewhere here. with behavior yeah. or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, behavioral pro, uh, psychosis with behavioral uh, excitability or some shit like that. It's so scary. So, so, yeah. So it's crazy how they change. <laughs> yeah. So you know they they they. I just think it gets a bad name, Jason. I really can't speak for what. Yeah. I mean anybody. I just I always wonder like. I, 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 as we talk about it more and more, there's so many great uses for it and so many great things that make it more beneficial. And yet, you know, I'm limited. Yeah. We, we, uh, we use, we've, we've done a lot of trial and error over the years. We started carrying it once that, uh, that incident occurred in Miami with the guy eating another guy's face. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Too? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The bath salt. It bath salts. That was yeah. The big thing. Man. So we, we first got it for that. So, um, once we saw how effective it was in, you know, kind of knocking someone down that was fighting us, because we had a lot of those, you know, Flocka calls at that time. I'm like, well, Doc, would this be good for maybe facilitation innovation? And she's like, okay, yeah, we got to change the dose. Then I'd read some things in um, the uh, Special Operations yeah. Uh, yeah, EMS journal that, that comes out. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, they were talking about twilight doses for um, the yeah. flight medics being able to manage multiple IED patients oh, yeah. and not having to deal with airway issues. And yeah. they were saying that like 50 to 100 milligram test subjects of like 200 people uh, that they had had was really great because they didn't have to facilitate an airway. Yeah. They could manage them for their pain and, you know, the shock with yeah, uh, absolutely. those doses. So we started doing that for pain management. So we use it for pain management. We use it as anti-seizure medication. If benzos don't work, we use it for, um, you know, uh, pain, delirium. Yeah, we use induction. it for intubation. We use it yeah. for um, pretty much a synchronized cardioversion. Yeah. We use it for transcutaneous mm-hmm. pacing. So we use it for a lot of different things. Now, with all of your dosages, any of you guys, do you base it off of uh, the patient's weight? Yeah, yep. we do a per kilo dose. Not ideal body weight. No. So it's a per kilo dose, man. So like, and this one you want to be close to the weight of the patient because it's going to buy you the time you want. Yeah, so that was it, another, yeah, that's another yeah, thing yeah. that I just don't, I mean, I get it. Like initially that's what they wanted. I guess maybe to underdose the person because uh, every, nobody is ideal body weight for the most part. No. Nah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I had this conversation with uh, somebody. Oh, it was uh, Handsome Andy the other day was asking me about it. And um, he was talking about, like, the um, immersion reactions. 
And he's like, people, I, you know, I, I technically, I don't ever really get those bad immersion reactions, but I also very rarely ever give ketamine without giving uh, benzo. You have to. I always give a benzo. I was going to tell you, yeah. we had one case where we had given a lady uh, ketamine, and about a month later, she came to the fire department, and she was like, please, if I ever call 911, never give me that drug that you yeah. gave me again. I had the worst terrors, the worst. I was tripping like crazy. Yeah. So if you give that drug without a benzoid, you're really going to have yeah. someone who could trip and have a negative effect. And, and, and I find that the trick is if you're giving anything less than one milligram per kilo, mm. even more important, you need to yes. give a benzo. 100%. Because you may not put them into that complete disassociative state. That's right. So you're actually putting them right into the immersion reaction. You're not giving enough. Right. So if you're not going to give enough, you need to make sure you give that benzo. And, and believe it or not, it's not a big dose of Versed. Like mm-hmm. like literally like point five to one milligram yep. of Versed will get you, that you know, through mm-hmm. when you're doing it. And you know, again, one of those things: consult your local protocols when you're doing some of this stuff. Now on the, that the 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 um, using it as a chemical sedative, you know, somebody who's combative, yeah. A lot of people forgot those doses yes. because we were using two and 400. It did nothing for anyone on Flocka. We were using 800 to 1,000 wow. before we got any kind of like decent calming effect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you can't forget that sometimes yeah. when they're overstimulated on something else, it really blocks a lot that more. disassociate. Yeah, absolutely. Did you give anything else with it? Or was no, we just gave ketamine. straight ketamine at that time yeah. when we saw a lot more of those. And, and then as that diminished, we started expanding its use. But, um, yeah, those those people are difficult to deal with. So I am. Yeah. I am, you know. Yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing. You're losing some of the med through absorption and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, uh, drugs that get a bad name in uh, your, you know, a combative patient like Haldol, um, you know, Geodon, Drupirdol. Like, those meds do work. It's just you need to give something else with it. You know what I'm saying? So yes. so when you're doing that, you got to remember, you, you've either got to put a benzo on it, let something like that work, you know, For so sure. when you're doing it. Um, but anything else on that? Because, you know, it, it, is, it was pretty cool how quickly he went through some of these things. Yeah, he did. Uh, the best part about this, and, and I guess uh, Corey does have, like, a podcast where they – did these already right like they talked about these was he the saying yeah thing? i believe he did this talk at uh first their first care okay the eagles conference yeah uh, earlier this year yeah um and then in fact it was the following show is brought to you by braxton college if you are a rn with an asn degree your associates and would like to get your bsn degree as most hospitals are requiring this now um braxton college is a place where you can go it's 100 online um you can get more information by just going to braxton.edu or email them at info at braxton.edu ems world oops sorry about that yeah sorry uh it was ems world last year you need to take that, Jason? Uh, Unicorn. Sorry, don't, hold on one second. Oh, hold on. That's, this happens. This is, this is a live uh, show. You guys, you guys keep going. It's a live show. So uh, you were saying EMS Expo, he did it? Yeah, last year. Last year. Is when he recorded it. Yeah. Uh, but I think he presented it at the Eagles conference this uh, year. This year. 
So, like, we'll try to link something to it so people can actually go listen to it. Because, I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, and, sure. and just debunking a um, couple studies. A couple studies, man. Co- um, yeah. Howell's one was a big one, the 20 ml per kilogram. Oh, man. That one he challenged. I had heard that a few years ago, and it was amazing. Tell, tell us about that one. There, um, so there was a new some new data that had come out saying that, you know, it wasn't recommended to give 20 milliliters per kilogram for fluid resuscitation in children. And he challenged that because he wanted to see the data because it works so well. All of us that worked with kids know that that really works. Yeah. So when he found the actual study that had been conducted, it was on a very small group of children from Africa who all had malaria. And so, you know, to, to change a protocol that's been, ingrained in every oh, it's, medic uh, legitimate. ever yeah. and it works on a, a very small person I, I don't remember the number but it's a very small group of maybe 20 or 50 uh, yeah. subjects uh, he challenged it and told them they were wrong and I'm not sure if they've changed that or not but they certainly should yeah. and, and you know it, it, they were talking about sepsis not, oh, not yeah. giving fluid in pediatric patients yeah, with sepsis. That's crazy. Like, but that, that just sounds wrong it's in wrong. every aspect of anything, yes. right? Yeah. Like, for us as instructors, critical care people, like, doing this, like, mm-hmm. you're sitting there and somebody says that shit to me and I go, man, that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, that, even, there's nothing right about that. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you talking no about? Sense. So, so he fucking debunked the fuck out he of that did. thing. You know, yep. so, so. When you look in the medic literature and the stuff, we always do this 10 to 30 mLs per kilo range for volume. 10 to 30 mLs per kilo. And range just fucked me up, Joe. Like, yeah, it's something <laughs> you need to know about me. It fucking drives me nuts. Because when you put a range like that, most of the, peop- most of the people that we teach, the, the general firefighter and stuff like that, isn't going to read past mm-hmm. that. Right. Like, these go, I can give 10. I can right. give 20. Right. I can give 30. Right. I'm going to do, on Tuesdays, I'm going to do 30. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the other days. So true. But so there's reasons to give 10. There's reasons to give 20. There's reasons to give 30. You know, we break all that down when we come to class and stuff like that. But I think that just volume, you know, judicious volume administration. And I love that word, judicious. The right volume for that patient, for that condition, is uh, you need to do it, you know? Um and it's just one of those things like, man, like almost everything in a kid like that we encounter in the world of EMS can be fixed by warm isotonic crystalloid solution. Period. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That 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 one was a good one. It uh, was. And uh, my favorite, again, it's one of those where you're like, uh, you you start, you quoted the study before you even got to the co- uh, study <laughs> slide. I, I was telling Corey, I'm like, man, this dude broke out a study out of like Africa out of his ass. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Did he, uh, did he go over yeah. uh, dual dual du- sequential? Oh fuck yeah, he did. Yeah, cool. We talked I'm about. I'm reading, it. looking at I, some of that. I learned about that. that's interesting. Yeah. Yep. So we've been doing that for a while. And and, cool. and you know some. This is the cool shit about this conference. Three times today, and I wrote them down. Somebody said something in one group presenter. A complete unattached other presenter used the same wording. Mm-hmm. And, and like you go, fuck. There's got this. This got a lot of validation. Yes. To it. So when you're talking about double sequential, uh, and I don't know if you caught this or not, he was talking about the vector, the changing vectors. Yes. So he says if if you can't convince people where you work to do double sequential, if you shock um, AP a, a, uh, inter- uh, uh, apex, mm-hmm. uh, then do anterior posterior. So you do one that didn't work, change it. 
do the other two. It's so cool. Yeah. And, and he goes, the vector directions is what you're trying to do. It didn't work in that direction. Do it in the opposite direction. Yep. You know. Like it. It, it, now, it was there a study on that? That the, yeah, that versus that's what he was quoting on there. He threw yeah. up there something that is not so much dosing, but the direction of the of the defibrillation. Because ah, uh, I can see doing that when I'm on scene alone. I don't have a second, second monitor, monitor. And yep. then I can just switch it and do. Yep. You sec- throw a second pair of yeah. pads yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I never. I literally never thought of that. Me neither. That's, that's the uh, first. I, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Corey. So de- definitely, you're not ripping pads and putting. You're doing two sets of pads. Yeah. Get a, that's get so a cool. Fresh set of pads. Put them on the alternate method that you have. You know okay. already. Yeah. We carry two automatically in our in our yes on uh, our life pack for that reason. But it's usually just we just hook it up so that when the next monitor comes in, we can use them both. But I said no. That's a good. That's a yeah, good yeah. thing. I just. I mean, the um, it, that was like like I when me Joe was we were talking about it today. I lost my words there. I think I had a stroke. Um, <laughs> I've done it three times. That's so cool. Three people that we've done it on that wake the fuck up when we shock them. It's amazing. Like not like wake up later. Like woke the fuck up. Wow. Like you they you, you, they start <laughs> and then they get that. <laughs> You like cough and you're like, shit. I think this person's talking. And they go, what? I'm like, this dude is talking and shit. I'm like, stop beating on his chest. He's okay. But yeah, that shit works, man. Did he talk about hyperventilation as well? Yes. Yes. Yep. You know, I I, I walked out a little bit on that. I don't know if one of you guys talk about it because I knew there was something about about like. One every 10 seconds is what he was saying. Yeah. Which he changed for everybody, right? Peds, adults, mm-hmm. and everybody. Adults. Yep. What, so this is this is what I, how I've always thought it about it, and I could be wrong, yeah. but way the way I've always thought about it is we have a specific range that we breathe. You know, twelve to twenty, depending on yeah. how fast you how you breathe normally, right? And your heart rate is you know from sixty to one hundred. That's just normal. And then your cap nose thirty five to forty five. So when the when the person's in cardiac arrest, their heart is not beating at all. And then we start doing CPR. We're only doing maybe 25% of the heart. Right. So why would it, why wouldn't it be around that same range, that lower number, you know, we're, we're breathing slower. Yeah. Because the heart's beating slower. Why would we not, why would we not breathe slower? I guess. Yeah. I mean, and you know, one of the interesting things about today was that, Again, this is one of those things that was repeated in another place by somebody else called the princess breaths. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, high-quality CPR is compressions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, compressions, compress, 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 you know, doing that 30 and 2, but really not wasting too much time for the 2s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which now really makes sense. Something that happened the other day in the AMLS update. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes my brain just ties things together and it just came in and I go, you know what? I'm making a note of this. Um, the other day they, they made a specific point about drowning patients, making oh, sure standard. following sta- AHA standard, uh, which the two breath, the a breath every 10 seconds is an AHA. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So following the AHA standards like that was uh, that was some. So but it's I, hard. I caught that and they said that. Yeah. But. What I'm curious to get clarified, though, is AHA and drowning is still an ABC. Yes. Approach. Correct. Yeah. Yep. You know, 
So we're still going to follow ABC and not the CAB for drowning. Yes. It doesn't make sense to me. Like strange. Yeah, like where where are you getting the data from? That's what I want. Because know. you're getting fucking resuscitations. Like that dude up there today had an airplane thing. I let Corey talk about this. So that cool. shit was cool as shit. Oh, that was yeah. Amazing. He's talking about it. so what they're doing is working. Yes. Why isn't the standard like American Heart training following those standards? Like I don't know. Yeah that that was a whole separate presentator. Yeah. Um, do you remember Joe where he was from? Hilton, uh, Washington Island, State. Hilton House. Uh, it was like island. an island. Or yeah, something. in Washington uh, State. Okay, um, in Washington State. You know, you know what? what in, which um, speaker was this? I'm looking at the notes. Um, he was. Uh, he f- what was the? What was followed the five protocol one? Yeah, it was right after that. Let me see. Yes, this one right here. High quality CPR. Yeah, I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hilton. So. Isn't that Washington State, right? What they're doing is just phenomenal. And and, I'll look it up. You know, sitting down, I think we were expecting a lot of like how to perform high quality CPR. And that really wasn't a lot about his actual presentation. It probably the biggest takeaway I got from that one was his checklist. Amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, Just to. You know, at some point, we look at the checklist to make sure that we have all the Every, major... All, everything was covered. Right, the key points. Yeah. But on the backside of that checklist was basically your ROSC. So when you get ROSC, you know, this is what we do. But at the bottom of that, um, I, was, I was telling you, was getting the names yes. and the phone numbers of all of the bystanders that provided any assistance, right? CPR, yeah. if it was stop the bleeds type, stuff like that, as well as family, and that information was being sent to the chief immediately. Yeah. Like before the crews are even off That's the scene. That's crazy to me. Right? That's awesome. So now the chief is immediately turning around and calling these people to make the initial contact and keeps everyone together in the yep. loop and brings them all together, um, you know, after the event, you know, with the crew, the dispatcher, the bystanders, yep. the, the survivor, the surviving victims, the family which was phenomenal. And he was talking about how all these people have connections, yep. you know, from the patient to whoever. Yeah. The two like, uh, like West Point graduates, you two know, graduates, yeah. or the one gentleman yeah. who had just lost his mother. Um, and she was like a, a Mary Jane or Mary Ann. Something yeah. Like that. And then the bystander who did CPR had the same name, same name. That's same pretty name. fucking cool, man. Right. So very, very unique. And then the airplane, uh, I don't remember the exact what it was. It was like a miracle of. Do you remember the flight? miracle flight or something like? Yeah, that it was a miracle flight. And, but it's survived. a mock, yeah. So it's a mock up of like uh, like when you go in and buy your airplane seating. ticket, yeah, yeah. your seating ticket, yeah. And their goal is to fill a whole fill airplane. the entire airplane with survivors. Yep, and it's amazing how many survivors they have. You know uh, what? What I think though, this the. I think there's a connection here to the TRC-1 and this dude presenting. And I'm almost positive. That island that that dude's from Washington. Hilton Head. Hilton it's, Head. Uh, South Carolina. Is it South Carolina? That's, well, that's where he's from, but I don't know if... The, if there was, I think it is. I saw alligators. I, it I saw alligators. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's probably there. Yeah. 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 Um, is um, like one of the first... Like we just... Like when we went to the Carolinas this last year to teach, we, we taught the people from there. Very cool. Like the helicopter crews and stuff from that island. We awesome. talk. 
mm-hmm. that's on the Metrans program. That's cool. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool on that. So, you know, again, man, I love this stuff. I love it's been a while that I've that I've haven't been I haven't been teaching at a conference that I haven't been working a booth or something that I can actually go to a class. Yeah, I love it. So it's, so it's, it's nice. Been, so it's been pretty fucking cool to sit in a class and like listen to people and stuff yes. and and put different, you know, uh little points and stuff together and you know, it's just it's awesome, man. Like I, I love this learning shit and Amazing. um I do think that sometimes some presenters like do make general statements in a class and, and then they're fucking full on wrong on something this some mm-hmm. shit that they say. And it's like, man, when you make a statement, especially challenging a, a, a group, you challenge a group, let's say you challenge the American Heart Association, and you go, hey, we do, um, um, I think the statement was, ACLS is made for a small group of people. Got it. Yeah. Right? But there's no ACE, American Heart doesn't have a program that shows you how to do special cardiovascular cases, toxicological cases, and stuff like that. Well, you're fucking wrong. It's called ACLS for the experienced provider, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can do a hyperkalemia case. It's a fucking case in there. Mm-hmm. There's a case for, mm-hmm. fuck, they even have a case for a methemoglobin anemia mm-hmm. in there. You know what I mean? Like, so, so you can't make statements like that because when you sit up there and you make a statement in a room full of yeah. heavy hitters, yeah. you lose credibility. Hundred percent. You lose the fucking credit right right off the bat. I I basically try to objective like I try to forget what the fuck the person said <laughs> so I can listen Continue. take in because you lost credibility with me right yeah. then and there. You sit in front of a classroom, do fucking know what the fuck you're talking about. Hundred percent. Yeah, like you can't fucking say that because you lose you, you lost me right then and there because I'm like fuck man. Every time we're doing shit, we're using these cases. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude, you got to know your shit. You know, I get people are passionate about certain things. I love that. I want to foster that passion. I want you to be the person. That, hey, you want to teach that shit? You're in. But damn it, man. Like, know your stuff yeah. before you get up there. Research yeah. this shit. Like, this is, you know who fears this? Don. Like, this is Don's worst fear in his whole entire life. This is why, like, even though he's been teaching longer than any of us have been alive, like he, it fucks him up in his mind. This is why he's throwing up before he's going to go up there and teach it for a shit, right? Like, I mean, we've all seen him. So goddamn nervous, but he don't want to be wrong. Right. right. <laughs> he don't want to lose credibility with the audience. And I'm like, damn it, dude, you wrote the book on this. Yeah. Your information. <laughs> yeah, it's your shit. You researched it. Like, like, if anybody looked it up, your name comes up. So you're right. <laughs> Even if you're wrong, you're right, you know. Um, but um, the other uh, couple, I don't want to skip a, uh, uh, over a few things that Dr. Antevi said. The greatest thing that I think when you go do like a bachelor's degree and like a master's degree, the only that one of the most valid things that come out of that is learning how to read research, how to look at research and know, hey, is this real? How do they come up with this? Because Bias is a big fucking thing in a research paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can skew the numbers to look how you want them to look. And you have to, especially when it's medicine, man, you got to fucking read the nuts and bolts of it. Yes. You got to look at this shit and like be critical. Have a critical eye when you look at this research. How many people they use? How many people mm-hmm. went into the research and how many people got like thrown out of the research and to come up with these numbers? You know, like sure. that is. And, and you know, I. 
have worked for 20 some odd years in the in the Orlando health system you know allegedly we have to say allegedly and in that in that in that 20 years one of the the scars and things and this guy's a cool doctor now but is a doctor that did a study out of there and he did a study that was skewed to basically make it look like the paramedics should never touch airways mm. you know what i'm saying but till this date no matter like it's one of the most uh, uh, notable quoted papers on bad research that in any master's program, medical school, you name it, wow. that you're going to, it's one of the top five papers are used to how to not do research. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's fucking insane. Oof. And uh, Don quotes it a lot when he's teaching his cryptography <laughs> class. He says that shit all the time. And I'm like, man, you know, let's not piss everybody off, man. When you're doing that, um, am I missing anything else that like Doctor Antebi went through? I know he talked about DSI, uh, RSI stuff. Yeah, he's he recommends uh, DSI. You know, yeah. they start with their sedative, which for them is ketamine. Yep. Waiting three minutes, and during those three minutes, uh, it's focus on oxygenation, keeping the pulse ox above ninety four percent. Uh, and resuscitate before you innovate. Yeah, so absolutely. good vitals, right? Yes. Uh, at the three minute mark, as long as everything is good, then they proceed. You know, with the process. Yeah. If not, they have to make adjustments and fix it. You yeah. Know? So that was one of them. Uh, Did you guys already talk about the epi? No, we haven't. That's a good one because we brought that up when we were eating lunch. Was that um, the bradycardic, uh, bradycardia, and Pete's? You did talk about that one. Yep. And then were you talking about the epi and the V-fib, though? Uh, yeah, cardiac arrest, dose epi, and uh, pedi- well, it's just pediatric bradycardia. Yeah. So the pediatric bradycardia one, if I remember correctly, were the ICU yeah, children. Yes. All intubated. Yep. Um, the only survivors were kids that weren't dead. That weren't dead. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> were like- technically bradycardic. Yes. So they were not in cardiac arrest. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the respiratory rate one yes. came yeah. from, where they were saying try to you know ventilate twenty thirty times yes. per minute, and no, 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 no. no. we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, it's way too much. Yes. So that's where he came up in his agency, the one breath every ten seconds, regardless. Yes. Once you have an advanced airway. Yeah. You know. And the, and then the the epi was basically treating um, the American heart algorithm. If you're treating asystole, PEA, or bradycardia in the pediatric patient. High quality CPR, epinephrine, right? And, and like he quoted, that just you know that isn't necessarily the thing, mm. and, and you should consider that bradycardia to be more like how we would treat a cardiogenic shock in an yeah. adult, right? We would do a epinephrine drip mm-hmm. or, or a push, push dose presser, you know, of epinephrine. So you're you're not necessarily um, compressing on this kid, but just treat them with the epinephrine, you know, and. Um, and I think, you know, it, 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 Palm Beach County loves push those pressers. Mm-hmm. It's quick. It's easy to do. And if you're not, um, and it covers everybody, right? Like, because I think they give them pumps, right? They have pumps in some of their units. Do they? You know? I can't say for sure. Yeah. But, like, it covers, if you have a pump, you're going to give push those pressers while you're setting up your drip, right? But if you don't have uh, infusion uh, pumps, then the push those presser is going to get you to the hospital. So it covers everybody. Makes you know? sense. It's very quick, very yeah, easy. Absolutely. And I think it's just, just a, hey, while I'm setting this up, I'm going to do this. And I do that now. 
in my current in my current uh, position. So like I'm gonna push those press till I get the um, the the drip, uh, set the drip set up. And I can tell you that allegedly that push those press thing is not in the guidelines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Allegedly that may not be in there, but you know uh, it, it is it is standard practice and it is how you would do it and it's defendable. Um, and my outcomes, you know, mm-hmm. aren't bad. So I think that, that right away, that's a good, you know, I think that's a good thing. And again, uh, debunking a lot of shit. The the one that I have to speak about because this affects my current job, allegedly, is uh, <laughs> the antibiotics pre-hospital. Mm. You guys are like that about giving uh, uh, antibiotics pre-hospital. Some people only do it for the open fractures and stuff like that. However, there's a lot of other situations that, man, it's oh, yeah. super fucking beneficial to give yeah. antibiotics because the door-to-drug time for some of the antibiotics is so long. You know what I'm saying? So putting some of these broad-spectrum antibiotics out there That's it. um, is, is, uh, it's absolutely fucking life-saving in the septic shock patient. Fluids, early antibiotics, saves fucking people. Yep. It, it does. I right? mean, we use uh, two wide spectrums. We use uh, Ansef and Rocephin. Yeah. And it's paramedic judgment because we have a wide variety of yeah. possibilities. But most commonly, it's going to be shark bites, right? Which, you Jesus. know, open fractures or any type of, you know, road rash where you have exposure to, you know, yeah. some nasty stuff. Septic shock, obviously. Yeah. Those are, are meningococcemia or any type of, you know, suspicion of that so those are and, and joe they're going to be doing like, like you guys are going to be like on tv here coming up soon because like the amount yeah. of medication you guys had like a national news person yeah we have a we had an investigative journalist um interview us and he was a little short thing on the news and he's so happy with what you know he found he's going to come into a 24-hour ride time with us yeah uh, because the amount of meds you guys carry, which is unreal. Did you hear how many fucking, uh, how many is it? 82. 82 medications. That's quite a few. And I thought we had a lot at like 50 or 60 something. Uh, like, damn. That 82 meds, man. That's like, <laughs> And you know, I, I think, and one of the things that we have to do, we have to come, come down. One of the times we come down to the Keys, we'll drag the giant box with us. Awesome. And we need to record your medical director. Oh, that'd be, she would love it. She, how awesome. old is she? Tell everybody. I, I think she's late sixties or so. I yeah. I'd never ask her age yeah. because yeah, yeah. Not, uh, to me be she rude. has never aged. You that'd know? Be rude. She's, yeah. she's so she's sharp as a whip, and there's Bro. nothing that I can ever bring up that she hasn't already studied. She's awesome. Up to fucking date on shit. Everything. Like awesome. you know what I'm awesome. saying? Yeah, like yeah. I want That's every, how they should be. Yeah, yes. yeah. But I want but every other medical director. Yeah, you know. I want every other medical director to fucking shame. Shame. <laughs> yeah. Shame on you. Shame she trusts yeah. us too, you know? So yeah. we don't want to disappoint her. So she's not, she doesn't have to be over the top of us, but she reviews all the significant case studies and yeah. you know, she's up on the latest stuff. So, so damn cool, man. Did, did uh, you guys talk about the whole blood for trauma cases at all? Um, yeah. Basically, guess what? Whole blood works. Okay, good. Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really does. And the only other one was, uh, works. Yeah. distal distal uh, femoral IO access for pediatric. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. So you know, something about what did he say about lack of training? Lack of yes. training right? rates. Yeah. Yes. So we, which is they, funny. They don't have a yeah distal femur like easy IO you know device to drill into right, right now. Yeah. Right. So what did he say? Just. Go to Lairdall and tell them to fucking well, make go, one. Well, go there, but he said, just take the humor head. Yeah. Right. Flip, it, flip it upside down. <laughs> yeah, the prop. Yeah, flip it. it upside down, yeah. That's it. Pretty much. And now but you have a training device. But you know what's cool about it is, is that we're doing a 
cadaver lab for him and it's and it's one of his um you know a bunch of his departments we're doing uh three days over there and one of the things that we normally don't have legs on our cadaver we get a bust you know so the lab that we're doing we are going to bring um a, a a leg from you know like uh you know, the whole leg except for the foot, I think. That's so cool. It's just so we can um, do, you know, the different I.O. sites and all that stuff. Because some of requested, you know, and it's like, you know what? We never thought of, you know, we asked and you can get a leg. That's so we so got cool. a leg coming. I'm going to order I'm gonna order some stuff so that I can do a knee replacement on it while yes. I'm there. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, let's keep that in our side pocket <laughs> right now. Let's say no on that. All right. But, you know, um, we, we. It, 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 the the study that he quoted on, and I wrote it down. I just can't find it right now. For the the anti whole blood study, like oh, I think yes. that, I think that was the was that the refill? Yeah, refill study. Yeah, the yeah. refill. Oh, like it was man. done over in uh, the UK, maybe. Yes, yeah, it was United yeah. Kingdom. But yeah. he was like, "Shame on you!" One hour on the, he goes, before the blood came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they goes, took fifty five minutes before they started yeah. blood. That's like, come on, uh, it, yeah. What do Hello. You think? Hey, goes shame on the the <laughs> New England Journal of Medicine. That's <laughs> what he said. I was like, yeah. damn. But Whoa. you know what's funny is is that allegedly in a place called County of Lakes, they have the medical control there has used that study to tell these people uh um there allegedly that blood isn't required in the pre hospital setting. Wow. It's so nuts. It's, it's so nuts. It's crazy. It's so fucking stupid. I cannot even fucking imagine. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we're in a very beautiful city called New Orleans that actually has yeah. blood on the ambulances. Blood on the ambulances. Which is amazing. The ambulances here carry so blood. Two ambulances, Same. and I think it's four EMSC providers. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Like, come on, man. That's incredible. I, I just, I, I, I hate. How some docs use their position of authority to to just fucking dumb down the system. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, get, damn it, this is fucking medicine, people. Yes. Why are we dumbing this shit down? And they and then they sit there and bitch about how we teach it and how we, you know, the pass rates and this and that. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, fuck you and your your judgmental shit about this. You're not you're not doing anything to improve the system. Here we are working our asses off to try to make it better. It's true. You know. Um we went from there though to a cardiac um presentation. Yes. I I thought there was a lot of good points. It's good. It's yeah. good. There's a lot of stuff, but too much stuff for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, it was really compressed. Yeah. They couldn't really answer questions that I think some people had, but it was it was good. As a man that has many like uh, illustrations of cardiac stuff in your notebook, you know, I love his pictures. I, yeah, I need a copy of that. I yeah. love his pictures. You have to. You, it, it's we're, we were walking out, and I said, "I want to see his book after this." Yes, this yeah, lecture. yeah, yeah. I, I bet you were having a seizure back then. I was. <laughs> he, he looked like Bob Ross, like, drawing all these happy trees and stuff. Oh, oh man, goodness. you definitely have a passion in a, in a way to present cardiac stuff. That's awesome, Joe. Oh, like I really you. love it, man. I try. Um, and, and but I, I. The, we could have had any of the topics that they talked about up there could have been a four hour topic. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, it, it's just, um, I get it's a more of an event. Hey, we're building on shit. You already should know. Cool. Let's come in there. But I think it needed more time. Way more. Yeah. It needed more time and more of a focus draw to it. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something that I, that I didn't know that I learned today in there, that uh, V4R being a good predictor. AVR. Oh, AVR, AVR, sorry. AVR, AVR, AVR yeah. AVR. So if you see, <laughs> old school in my, my head. Yeah. That AVR be elevation being a good predictor of, like, this is not just going to be a patient that needs a cath, but they're going to need probably surgical intervention. Yes. And it could you know, make a huge difference. I wrote down, I think it was, uh, 90 days. yeah, 90 day, uh, the, uh, uh, can predict 90 day mortality. Yes. It's incredible. That's pretty cool. And that's pretty yeah. fucking goddamn sensitive too. Cause it's like 80 and 81% on the, on the, uh, on the thing. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's at the cool. The coolest thing is at the very end, we was when they were saying the fact that, you know, our, our, the monitors are, are pretty sophisticated, but they're not going to pick up those things. They're not going to pick this thing up. At yeah. all. But if but if we look at it and we pick it up, it's the it's it's higher specific 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 roll king roll king roll king than if the monitor were tight. Absolutely. I think Jason just had a stroke. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um the the uh the other thing, the importance of that uh that, that T wave. Mm. You know that? Did you know any? Did you ever see anything like this before, Corey, or anything like that? Basically, that every every basically every time they wanted us to look directly at AVR, yes. first, yes, and yeah. see, and if it and it had the the um, T wave was opposite. Yeah, so the, if the T wave is showing uh, positively and your yep. leads are placed correctly, then you're showing elevation in that lead. Right, I think that's we're getting there. But that that hyper acute, you know, tall T wave mm-hmm. also is like a part of a few of the topics that they brought about, like yep. um, the D. Um, and I always forget the, that dude's name. Hold on, the D D Winters, the D Winters T wave, yep. and all that stuff. Yes, but yes. A, a AVR was the the big thing. The that big was the thing. focal point. I think they could have done the whole lecture, like you said yes. earlier. Oh, yeah. They could just have yeah. made an AVR. I agree. The importance could've. of AVR, yeah. like right then and there, man. Just yeah. boom, right that, off the And bat. that would have been a great, it still would have been a great topic to cover that whole thing. And I'm sure a lot of people would have come just going, the, what the fuck? AVR. Yeah. Exactly. They would have left mind blown. Yeah. A hundred exactly. You know, besides, yeah. I hate saying this, but probably could, very confused. Yeah. Because yes. it was just too much too, too fast. much. That's the problem. You know, it's like when people can't even tell you what AVR stands for, that's usually a pretty good indication, you know, that maybe they should take 12 lead before they, they really dive into some of these yeah. specifics. Otherwise, you're just memorizing pink paper in certain components. And yep. then we go back to the whole, like, you know, training a, you know, a primate, you know, instead of understanding the pathophysiology behind it. You know, augmented voltage leads, it sounds like such an incredible, um, you know, phenomenon, but it's a singular lead. You know, there are, yeah. are one, two, three are the bipolar leads, yeah. you know, two to see one view. And these are additions, yeah. you know, and when you wrap your mind around that concept and you know the direction that you're actually looking at, you can understand why AVR yeah. is significant. Yeah. It's and, and, you know, it's just more tools that we have that can help you be more, uh, more on point with your shit. Absolutely. Like I freaking. So, yeah, it could have been just on that alone. I don't like things that get brought up during a talk and then left unexplained. I agree that there was a little bit of that. I think it was because they were rushing, trying to meet that 
one hour or whatever it was. Yes. Oh, I thought we were talking about sampler. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> still didn't find out. We still don't know what R <laughs> stands for. The, the, oh, man. The search continues <laughs> right now. I, sampler. I have actually had a conference call on this today. Oh, my God. You know, and I've got, like, I got people at, at a, 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 we may not be sending rockets into space right now until <laughs> this fucking question is answered. SpaceX is concerned. Oh. You know, allegedly. I love it. Allegedly. We got fucking, uh, <laughs> I got, uh, you know, I, I called my brother's alma mater at MIT. Like, they got them working on it. There's boards. There's boards in these hallways there right now. Like, it's like Goodwill fucking hunting over there right now. I love it. Sample. Trying to figure out what this R is. R equals what? What does it equal? I don't even fucking know. You know? But, uh, but you know, one of the things that they left, like, you talk about, well, VTAC. And, like, if it's extremely wide. That was a good point. They it brought was. that up, right? Really wide. You know, shoot. But that wasn't explained, like, the actual size and width of, like, well, VTAC should be this. Right. Till somebody brought up a, qu- a, a question on it. Um, and then the access. Well, access. It should be, it, that's the key. access is different in each one of the – well, it, what is the access? It, they didn't even bring that up. And that's important. That's, that's how you're going to know where it's coming from. Was it atrial or ventricle? I, access alone will tell you that. I got a hard-on when he said, well, VTAC – the access is different. And I go, fuck, first time ever in a class somebody's going to say something about That's right. This. Let's hear it. It's wonderful. Didn't hear it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, listen, they're, they're, um, I'm not detailed on access deviation like other people are. Like you're probably going to be. And uh, I think I turn people off when they come to class. Now, I explain to you how that, knowing that knowledge applies to you. Not only be able to pass the exam, but how you can remember that shit at three o'clock in the morning. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, you know, like Scarbosa criteria, I completely explain it way different than any than neither one of those two. But I will take both of those people on and look at left bundle branch blocks and I'll get a Scarbosa criteria right more than them. I swear to you. That's I'll awesome. put my fucking money where my mouth is on that one. That's awesome. And, and it's just because I've done this with people. Like, I've gone 100 EKGs with somebody one time, and I go, oh, it con- this Gordon, con- who the fuck knows? Positive STEMI. Let me, <laughs> tell me about it. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, a STEMI or a non-STEMI is still a cardiac event, right? Sure. Guess what? They look like a cardiac patient. That's right. You know, Or you have the suspicion that there's a cardiac patient. I think that point should be driven home a little bit more. If they look like a cardiac patient, we're going to treat them like one. And you have to look at things like fascicular blocks that have no ST segment elevation or changes. They just have RNS, you know, and your 2-3 AVF or 1-2-3 in AVF. And you're not going to have anything except for access deviation. And, that's going to, and that has a higher mortality, morbidity rate by 400% than an AMI. Yeah. Well, you know, also aatrogenic miss uh, care of dysrhythmias by fascicular blocks fucks people up. You know, because yeah. like, if, it, it, like again, here, what's the importance of reading access deviation being able to identify that by fascicular block is the That's fact right. that that patient's in a dysrhythmia, I'm going to cardiovert them. Good I'm going to cardiovert them because they're going to present unstable. That's right. I'm going to cardiovert them because they may have a reaction to the antidysrhythmic that I pick. Absolutely. Right? Because all antidysrhythmic, by fascicular blocks, you have multiple blocks. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right? You have two blocks. Look at the fucking insert on the lidocaine thing. Use with caution with- <laughs> in the presence of multiple heart blocks. That's right. 
you know, tells you that shit right then there and there. You go you know? right there on the inside. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's those are the the important facts when you mention things like that in a class. You need you need to, hey, watch out for this. You mm-hmm. know, like, hey, make sure you know this. You know, and those, I, I think that if you got a stage like this, listen, I've probably submitted twenty, thirty lectures ever. I've been picked once to do this. You know what I'm saying? And the one time that I've gotten picked to do a lecture at EMS Expo is because, like, 49 people fucking died. <laughs> and that was the call I was on. It was nothing, uh, you know, they want to know about the fucking pulse. Mm. But that other, otherwise, like, I've put in some good topics and different things to put about. And it's just like, you know, I'm not the most polished person that they want up there uh, to present shit. But reality is, is this, man. Like, um, you have a stage like this, you need to, you need you need to hit home runs. Yeah. Yep. You need to hit home runs when you sit there and talk. And, and it's like. You need people who can connect with. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Now, here's my question. Do they have any type of a, a program where they look at these talks and they, and they like a group of doctors mm. or a group of people? Well, it's an approval process. Well, you no, 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 I'm you, saying after the fact. Like, because they, they recorded everything. Uh, so. Well, they record it because they people that can't make it. Not everybody can make it to the expo, but right. these are good CEUs for people to get. And then they they roll that out as a separate type thing, so you can listen to the to the CEUs and get the CEUs for listening. So that's why they record them. Right. I don't know if there's like an evaluation process after it. You know, I do think we have to claim our credits. Do, do we have to do an eval Sent on the me class? A little reminder, yeah. just a little while ago, yeah. that they were ready. Yeah. To claim. So I think we have to, like, um, do an eval, right? Generally. Yeah, on it. So, and I think, you know, uh, a couple of presenters are close friends. I think we need to be honest with them, you know, and I'm going to be, you know, hey, you want me to show up to your thing? I'm going to be honest with it. As I expect them to be honest with me when I teach a class and, and like, oh, bro, you were like, you know, I want to know the, the ugly. You don't improve by being perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Up there, you know, uh, that's for sure. I think that lecture was just, it was really good. It just could have been longer. Man, it, it <laughs> could have been yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure they agree with the same thing. Yeah. yeah. They, would, they, would, they, they obviously were rushing through it. They had a couple of things that I was just like, oh, man, I'll be excited if they go into yeah. this. And then it just didn't, it didn't, didn't happen, you know? But I, again, still, I walked out with something that I didn't know. And I'm, yes. and I'm happy with that. For sure. I will take that. So anything else, Corey, that you got there, man? Yeah, of course, shaking no. his head now. No, so he's shaking right now. <laughs> you know, Joe, what you got, man? Anything else? No, it was outstanding. And like you said, I think the validation between multiple lecturers that were all saying, you know, the same points that are coming to light. You know, it's a, yeah. it was it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It was nice. Um, oh, the lecture that Jason missed this morning because he was still in bed when all of us were over in the place. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, yeah like the uh, Demar uh, ha- uh, Hamlin. Um, Resuscitation. They were going through that this yes, morning. Yes. Uh, exercise induce cardiac arrest. That was cool. That another thing that I learned today is that could happen in like an hour after the exercise. It like was it's common to happen with this shit. Cool. So, uh, and the importance of having emergency action plans and stuff like that. I think that'd be a good topic to have. Um, that was good. Show. Yeah. So, well, I got nothing else, Jason. All right. I'm gonna drink awesome. more. Awesome. <laughs> See ya. Bye. <laughs>